everybody, welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and as always, you can tweet us using the Twitter handle at Media Review Pod, the hashtag Media Review Pod. You can also send us an email at MediaReviewPod at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or suggestions, or you could just leave a voicemail by calling 407 603 5847. As always, to help me sort out this whole comic book stuff, I have my trusty comics aficionado, JC Chang. He's back on the podcast. Welcome, JC. What's up, Richard? We're here. Yeah, we're, we're going to discuss the uh, Disney Plus show, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It's going to be from top to bottom. So if any of you out there have still, you know, you're still on the fence of whether... You want to listen to this episode without watching the finale or whatever. Just beware. Spoilers are up ahead. Okay? So you might want to tune out right now if you're not up to up to date. All right, JC. So let's just get this thing going. Because this has been... This has been a show that has played with my emotions from the beginning and not in a good way. Uh, but before I go into my whole diatribe... What what was your 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 takeaway from the finale? Well, I mean, I felt like it did what it needed to do, right? I mean, we saw Sam with the costume on, you know, with this with the suit on, he became Captain America mm-hmm. in a very poignant way. Uh, he delivered a speech in a in a very Captain America way. Uh, Steve would be proud of, um, but also it spoke to his own experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is, you know, he is, he's someone we rooted for the entire show and he was consistent throughout this entire show. Uh, he's one of the only characters was consistent, I would say. Um, and I think it's a good thing. Um, and also, you know, we got all the other characters who got some closure as well, but I don't know if I would say it stuck the landing. I think it was close to it, but you know, there were still parts that I might've done differently in order to, make the the finale a little bit more impactful and cohesive but mm-hmm. i felt like it was it was decent um i i hope you know with loki they'll have at least learned from two shows because uh, fortunately it does seem like wandavision and falcon and the winter soldier both uh kind of suffered from their pen ultimate episode being like the best episode. Mm. Like for example, episode five of Falcon with soldier, we, you know, it was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and WandaVision as well. And then the last one was kind of like just trying to, you know, tie up all the loose ends in too little time. I think that's a common theme between those both shows. So, you know, but at, I was satisfied. I was satisfied with the journey that Sam and, and Bucky uh, went through um, and, and to kind of see them, you know, come together, um, as more than, you know, as they said in the show, just coworkers or just two guys. Uh, I think it, it was very cool to see that growth, especially like there was a meme going around, uh, you know, online, like it, it was showing them how, how they started. And they were just like the first scene that you see the winter soldier and, 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 and Falcon is, uh, him destroying his car and pulling his steering wheel <laughs> out yeah. of his his car so you know it's kind of cool to see that journey and i think that's the cool part you know about about the mcu right like you have these side characters and now they've come into their own you really root for them and you want to see more of them yeah i think the their relationship is the mvp of the show um 100 but but 
I, I, I also want to comment on, on the last episode, quote-unquote last episode thing, because I think many shows are sometimes um, maligned because of their last episodes, and I don't think that's fair. So so when I when I talk about The Winter Soldier, I, I want to talk episode by episode, but I also want to talk about the show as a whole. Yeah. And, um, for example... WandaVision as a whole that show was everything that I wanted because it's a story that fits within the show the TV show um, constraints right it's it's a it's a story that I don't think would necessarily work as a film right and even though that last episode had some issues it still worked for me it still it still worked uh, emotionally for me it worked uh, as a character arc for me not for not for every single character but for the ones that i cared uh, they it worked for me this finale for the falcon and the winter soldier was and i i told you this this was like a low point for me in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And it felt just like a like a very special episode. It it, it had that vibe of let's let's have the the more the uh, the what do you call it? The morals of the story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What's what what are the uh, what's what's the thesis of the show, right? And it is so what's the thesis of the show and it, it wrapped everything in this pretty cool speech from Sam, but my my issue with and this is with the whole show in particular because this final episode was eh it it, it was okay it but whatever I I take it or leave it I don't care episode five was great but my my issue with the show is that first of all why why was this made into a show I still don't understand why it was made into a show and. You have, you have s- such cool characters that you can expand upon, and they took their time to do it in episode five. Wh- why, why, why are they giving us so so much information with this G- GRC or 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 the power broker or Zemo or the or the uh, the Dormelage? They have all of this stuff. Plus, they have Sam's story, uh, which involves all the civil unrest with the black community, um, the injustices uh, regarding uh, him not being able to get a loan or his sister being able to get a loan, even though he's super famous. Um, Then you also have the Winter Soldier who's grappling with PTSD. And you have Sam's and... Uh, the Winter Soldier's relationship, which is great. But then I don't think the show was able to handle all of this information in a coherent way to to make us care. And I don't I don't know if maybe COVID had something to do with it and they it, it, it somehow truncated the show instead of giving mm-hmm. us like 10 episodes, they gave us six. It could be. I, I'm not sure. But for example, 
the entire Flag Smashers was like a non-entity for me. I kind of knew what they stood for, but why they were so against the GRC? I don't know, because the GRC was never personified. And they tried to do it in this last episode. They tried to maybe include these people that we've seen here and there sparsely, right? But I don't care for any of them. So when they're in jeopardy, they have these bombs that they're about to explode in this building and they need to get these guys out and then they take them hostage and all of that crap. I don't care. I don't care because I don't care about these people. I don't know them. So I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about Bucky that maybe... Uh, this this is ridiculous that I'm saying this, but that maybe Sharon Carter is going to do something to him. Um, thinking about Sam, he makes his entrance really cool with his suit, which we obviously knew that was the suit. Um, and then that's it. They get out of the, the building and I I don't care at all. I'm, uh, I know I'm supposed to follow the Flag Smashers and understand their plight. But it was it was just never a, a concrete thing for me. And then you have Sam do the speech, which was great, but in the context of what? In the context of we we see these these super soldiers who have been terrorists for some nefarious reason, which is very vague, and that's it. So, so I don't I don't think this episode was uh, was something was was an episode that redeemed the show at all. On the contrary, it made the whole show even worse for me. Um, I think it was just too little, too late especially episode five, which was really good. And I, I told you, when when that episode came out, I said, look, this episode had great character development. It had relationships strengthened and, and renewed. Um, some of the loops were closed. And the 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 issues were, some of the issues were, were expanded upon. But it was right. too late in the game. It was too late in the game. I just feel that yeah. the stakes weren't high enough for me. I mean, I feel like this was one of those shows that um, it's like you said, I think it might have been a better story to tell in a theatrical medium because so I went back mm -hmm. <laughs> and I rewatched the show and yes. I binged through it like I would in a Netflix show. Right? JC, that's and why I it, have it, you here. <laughs> yeah. So and it's it became much more cohesive to me. And those motivations that you were talking about before with the Flag Smashers became a lot more clear when you were able to watch it continuously. Because then, you know, you're not kind of, they're not kind of like shoehorned into the episode, you know, like, because when you're watching the show and, you know, as you're watching it from episode to episode, you're so invested, more so much more invested in Sam and Bucky and their storyline. You didn't really care as much, even in the beginning with the Flag Smashers. You just wanted to see, oh, what is so? What are are, are Bucky and Sam and Zemo? You know, are what are they going to do next? Right. Right. And you almost felt like the Flag Smashers were a backdrop, but having the chance to go back and watch a show and putting all the characters on an equal context, which you know. Um, 
isn't isn't what you're supposed to expect the audience to do but when you do that i really did feel like i connected better with their intentions right Mm -hmm. the whole idea is you know they are they are the people who didn't get snapped away and in the five years that they were not snapped away they were able to rise above their life's current situations because suddenly they have all this opportunity. They could free flow, you know, from one country to another country. They didn't have to stay and suffer within those, you know, the power constructs and the social constructs that they were born into and circumstances, they can find other opportunity elsewhere. Right. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's kind of like the, the immigrant dream to be able to find better opportunity, except the barriers to do that were no longer there because, well, you had half the world had already disappeared and most governments had fallen. And now suddenly all the people are back and those traditional power structures that they had lived, that, that they had, uh, I guess, in a way, been able to overcome and been able to find better lives. You know, they those are now back and, and the world is kind of reset back to before before the snap. And also the prioritization uh, by the by the was it a GRC. Uh, as it was presented in the show, is that they were they cared more about resetting things and bringing back, you know, things back to the way things were, rather than taking care of those whose lives have been changed. Mm-hmm. And I would say that they're doing it at the expense of these people, um, which has a lot of different, you know, real world connections to, I would say, uh, you know, Western imperialism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, like the way it is, it's it's it's. Western countries go into places like the Middle East. They went into places like, you know, like India. We're talking about in the past with the with the British Empire, and just completely uproot uh, the lives of so many people for the sake of of whatever agendas they have. And I think I think it wasn't until this rewatch that I was able to kind of see the general the overall theme, you know, between the different motivations of all the characters. Um, you know, with Sam and and trying to to find his place uh, in, in in as a black man in America and trying to wear the stars and stripes, between Zemo trying to make sure that these super soldiers don't come back because he's fought so hard to try to get rid of them, mm-hmm. um, and also what the Flag Smashers are trying to do, which is to keep these open borders and so and so that they're they don't become quote-unquote refugees and they get uprooted from their lives that they have built up these past five years and i think the overall theme is fighting traditional power structures right resisting against traditional fire power structures and trying to turn that on its head and all three of those characters i would say that those factions i if you bring in sharon too you know she's found a way um to live life outside of the law, right? She's now lawless. She's already had, you know, she's she's the power broker now, which I don't like, but then she has found her way in this world by, you know, by doing these uh, morally gray or even black uh, things. Um, but I think that's the overall theme, which is you are trying to break the status quo, right? And these characters are doing about it in very different ways. Mm. I would argue that perhaps in the five years where you know you had half the world disappear that people were brought together even more but now that things are back to normal so do come back these traditional um uh, structures that were more beneficial to to a certain class of people or certain group of people and so one thing i i noticed when i was re-watching was 
Sam never doubted Carly's cause. He never doubted the Flag Smashers' cause. If anything, he agreed with it. He just never agreed with how they went about it. Mm-hmm. And he made that very clear since the beginning. Like He's like, yo, these people have every right to feel the way they do. And they have legitimate complaints, right? Um, but he just doesn't want to go about it that way. You know, right. in a different world, if had he not had the morals that he has, he would be a flag smasher. And that's kind of like the how you how they presented his character and how he uh, went about this versus Walker wants to maintain, I guess, his status. Right. And or elevate his status and become the new Captain America. But this Captain America is created with these with, with the with the with the, with the traditional power structures before the snap. And so he became like this enforcer for the status quo. So that's kind of where that conflict comes into play. Right. Um, and obviously, you know, he's a white man. And so he he's also part of that racial uh, a structure that is there. Um, so, you know, I think I think that is overall what the writers were trying to tell story wise. Did they do a job of it? I think they could have done better. But um, I think I think the theme is there if you're able to go back and rewatch it and which which I think that might be what folks can do um, and should do. But obviously, you know, if you're trying to make a TV show, you should make it where people watch it the first time. Like, oh, wow, I really get it. I resonate with all the characters and, you know, the themes uh, rather than having to rewatch it. So maybe so like I said, they didn't stick the landing, but I do see what they were trying to do. Mm -hmm. And I do give credit for that. Would you advocate for this show to be watched as a binge? Yes, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. Because I think because I I think this yeah. show was structured for it to be watched in, in, as a binge, as opposed to WandaVision, which was more of episodic episode yeah. by episode. The show feels more like you might want to watch the entire thing back to back, and things might be a little bit clearer, like you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you know if you look at the way that this show was marketed uh and talked about you know by the marvel folks Mm -hmm. they definitely made it seem like all right like we are what we're trying to do with shows to show you that number one we are not going to diminish the quality and two these stories are expanded versions of the movies that have come before versus wandavision they were really starting to explore the benefits of the television episodic model yeah. right and that form of storytelling mm-hmm. i think they were still trying to get you know get their sea shoes i guess in a way with falcon and the winter soldier that they finally got when with wandavision but of course you know because of covid um they weren't able to release falcon and the winter soldier first which like i said before it would have stood up much better because this would be the first show. Everyone would be like, wow, this is amazing. And they wouldn't have those expectations that WandaVision had set, which is a really high bar to hit. And I do agree that Falcon Winter Soldier, um, as a television show, did not hit it. But as a as a Marvel narrative, I think it got close. Um, and to go back to on, on what you were talking about, mm. you know, did COVID impact the show? Well, from what I've been reading, it did because, you know, a lot of the unevenness with the Flag Smashers apparently might have stemmed from, and it's not confirmed by Marvel or anything, them taking out a pandemic-focused plotline very late uh, into okay. the show because of COVID. Okay. Um, I don't like I said, it's not confirmed, but then apparently the show was supposed to center around a pandemic of some sort. Huh. So I don't know. Maybe the Flag Smashers wanted to release a virus to wipe out half the world again. I don't know, but. 
they had to get it, take it out. They had to do late rewrites and late reshoots, which is why the show couldn't be delivered in the order it's supposed to be. And WandaVision came first. Hmm. Okay. That makes sense. No, I, I mean, it doesn't excuse the No, 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 absolutely not. Still, I mean, it makes sense yeah. uh, for it to be delayed. It does definitely yeah. does not excuse the show for, um, for not being able to be as cogent as possible. Yeah. And, and another thing that the rewatch actually helped me see that I didn't see before was, okay, even though it was kind of convoluted, you could kind of see Sharon's motivations and bring Sam and, you know, and Zemo and, and Bucky to go to her golden goose, the guy who made the serum. She was angling to get their trust. And that was something that I didn't really get on the first watch. But the second one was like, okay, so she was trying to kind of, you know, um, have the cake and eat it too, right? Get the serum, but also be able to get all these government secrets and sell it to her biggest bidders in order to, you know, get richer and get more powerful. Um, but that was kind of convoluted. And I did not like the fact that she was the power broker. Um, I'm hoping she's a scroll because it's still very out of character <laughs> <laughs> for for the niece of uh, Peggy Carter and the ex-girlfriend slash niece of Steve Rogers to do something yeah. like that. Yeah. I Yeah. Well, first of all, the show uh, wasn't shy about basically telling us she's the power broker and it, no, it was, absolutely not. It was they, there from the, the beginning the title of episode three where they brought her in was called power broker <laughs> so. <you know? laughs> and one other thing i didn't notice if you go back and watch a scene where they enter the lab of the of the scientists who, who created recreated the serum they were playing a song about going back home again Okay. And I, I was like, oh, okay, I see what they're trying to do. They're just like being super cheeky about it, those Marvel assholes. <laughs> and you go back and say, like, oh, yeah, of course. Like that was the biggest hit, right? Like it it was her motivation spelled out clearly that she wants this part and she wants to be able to operate within the states, but she doesn't want to become, you know, part of the intelligence community again to do stuff for the United States. She wants to do it to advance her own interests. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's talk a little bit about Walker. Um, I, I dig this character, not the way they are portraying it, uh, portraying him in the show, but as a concept, I like Walker. I like his ambiguity. I, I like that he still believes in the stars and stripes and the whole concept of Captain America. The way he goes about it is uh, not cool. <laughs> But but I like that there's this counterpart, this this sort of evil Batman uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would have loved for this character to have been developed to such a point where we actually cared when he made the turn, when he made that decision to kill somebody because he wanted to to avenge his 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 good friend i think that this show just took too much time doing other stuff and they forgot about this crucial character and crucial because not only does he at first represent captain america but then he he kind of tarnishes the name 
and is able to quote-unquote come back and redeem himself by saving our our heroes and working alongside them i think that's pretty awesome i think marvel just dropped the ball developing that character and killing off his friend is i really do not like that part of the story because it's just a false motivation for me i think i i I wish he could have stuck around because I actually like the character. You know, he seems he's a cool guy and, and he's definitely he feels like he's still operating in the gray area, but he's still he is still um more, you know, morally I think he's, he still has like stronger morals than Walker does. Mm-hmm. Um and he was kind of his moral center, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So F- from the little that we saw from him. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think they did set him up to be a lamb for slaughter, to be honest. And, and look, if, <laughs> which is unfortunate. If if maybe if if it was another in another context, it, it would be pro, it would be okay with me. But here's the thing: they're fighting in that fight. They're fighting to kill each other, right? I mean, they're not they're not pulling punches. They're actually there to, you know, if you mess with me, I'm gonna destroy you right and then to suddenly when it happens when hoskins dies the flag smashers are oops i didn't mean to do that come on you guys are blowing up buildings you guys are terrorists you're not ashamed of it and and then suddenly you kill this guy and you feel sorry um well i think so that yeah that kind of bugged me a little bit and then on rewatch again um, I kind of understood why Carly felt remorse at that moment when Hoskins died, and she said it in the finale. But it it it, it seemed some seemed like a cop out. But her goal was still to kill as few people as she felt necess- was necessary in order to achieve her goals. And th- so she says in the finale, um, "I didn't mean to kill him because he doesn't matter." Like and that Walker goes apeshit because you know he's like you're saying my friend didn't matter but to her she's saying he doesn't matter in my in my in the pr- pursuit of my in the goals. grand scheme of things like I, yeah I don't need to kill him in order to make a point I needed to blow up those people uh and I need to blow up that building and kill and kill those people in the in the process in order to make a point uh so they didn't die for for no purpose she still sees herself as a hero you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. but she's not a, a a you know a this indiscriminate murderer in her own eyes um even though sam made the point like you know you're you're a supremacist right even though you're trying to destroy these power, traditional power structures you have become a supremacist you know in the process um and so so that was a motivation and also the uh a part of that character that came across better, I think in my rewatch, mm-hmm. which is to, to see why she would feel sad about, you know, about killing Hoskins. Cause she wanted to kill Walker. Mm-hmm. She absolutely wanted to kill Walker uh, because she felt like he represented everything that she hated and also everything that they're fighting against and killing him would make a, a very strong statement. So, um, I, I just feel like Walker should have been treated more as one of our heroes than just a side story. Uh, just because I think that this is this is what Sam and Bucky are fighting for. 
for this name of Captain America, the the symbol of what Captain America is, to have a purpose. Right. Well, except they all have they both have different interpretations. Actually, all three but, of them have different but interpretations they, but they, of what but the they, is. But Sam and Bucky agree that Walker is not the right way of doing it. Right. For, first of all, because but, they were, they, at least Sam was promised that the shield would remain without without a, 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 without a Captain America. Yeah, it would just right? be in the museum, just yeah. a museum piece. Right. right. So, so he felt betrayed then and there. And then to see this person fight and realize that his morals aren't to the standards of what a Captain America should be, then of course he's he's against this character. But we as an audience, we also need to connect and see it from from Walker's point of view. At least that's that's what I would have liked. I would have liked to have gone on that journey of what it was for for Walker to first started this high in which we first see him which is great and then see him slowly go down this road where there's no turning back i think we kind of did except we didn't start at a point where I, I we didn't start high enough in order for him to fall to that lowest point right he hit the lowest point which is when he bloodied the shield that you know up until then had never touched quote unquote innocent blood mm -hmm. um but, but as far as you never saw him you never saw him at the at the top point of like you know being this person who could be you know the next captain America. exactly and like at, we never we never bought that we never rooted for him that's the thing right we never felt as an audience this is very personal to me i i didn't ever feel like he was worthy of of that name And that's a problem for me because I'm not rooting for this character. I, I I would I would have loved to have had the chance to maybe understand why he was Captain America instead of other people telling me, oh, he was great in the war and he did this and he has so many medals and whatever. Just show show me how awesome this guy is instead of showing me that he's an asshole from the beginning. Right? And then I could buy that he would slowly descend into this ambitious, um, warmongering way that he eventually comes down on. And to eventually lose this friend, which in turn turns him into this evil Captain America killing machine. Um So yeah, I, th I he here's the thing though he actually did not become evil Captain America killing machine if you think about it right because I didn't feel as loathsome of what he did in killing that flag smasher like it was still bad right it was still terrible that he you know killed this defenseless guy um, but at the same time like he is you know to him he's an enemy combatant still right he's he's part of this 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 military structure where he is he is seeing this guy as part of this group that he needs to stop mm -hmm. and obviously you know the serum kicked in i think a serum was a big part of of, of his descent too yeah um in rewatching, i i actually felt more sympathy for his character because really like he 
was just on the receiving end of, of Bucky and really the audience not liking him, even though I think a lot of it was projection. I think if you go back and watch that second episode where like that was, you know, after you got introduced I'm good. and everything, he was trying to do, he was trying to, you know, befriend these guys and like work together, right? He was trying to be what he thought Steve Rogers would, should be. Um, but that was always his failing, which is that he saw that he had to be Steve Rogers Whereas, and, and that's who Captain America is, right? And also he had to represent this this American symbol mm-hmm. where Steve Rogers, you know, had kind of gone beyond being an American symbol. He's a universal hero. And, you know, he represented all these different um, great, ad- he had all these great attributes that that you would want in a hero. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it wasn't just exclusive to to American or American ideals and values. But Walker was a quintessential Captain America in that he represented someone who you would see as a hero in America's eyes, only America's eyes. Hmm. You know, so in that sense, I think there are people who still do see him as a hero. But I think, you know, and I've seen in online message boards and all that, like people do root for him because they do feel like he's a hero and he should be Captain America. Um, it, and I think it does lean a little bit into like your your personal preferences politically and how you see the world. I know for you and I, like we didn't like him right off the bat. And, I, and obviously, but a lot of it, though, is we are projecting our emotions and we are also kind of following the characters that we know and we're rooting for them over him and to us he was an objective or a, a um he was a block to sam becoming captain america which is what we wanted since the beginning it's not that i don't like the character like i said i my 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 issue is more with the show not developing him correctly because yeah I, the I, one I, thing i i would i did not like was um him turning so quickly in the finale, like him coming back and, you know, being all jokey yeah. and then we're quoting that's, Lincoln. That's and what that's what like, I was going to get to. Exactly. I, it's I, like you try to kill these guys. I know. I now, now they're buddies. To the serum. Now they're, right. they're buddy, buddy. And Bucky doesn't even care. He goes, eh, and they slap each other's back. And Come on. Yeah. I would say that it would have been, it would have better served the character and story if, you know, had he just saved the truck and then he just went away and that was it. Yeah. Right. And then like they bring him back in a in a post credit scene. I think and I think I do think that US agent scene should have been a post credit scene, not the Sharon Power Broker one. Um, <laughs> then you can kind of see, OK, so he does come back, you know, like and then you see what's what's next for him. Um, but he's not at this point where like he could be friendly in a, up to, in a, in a Captain America movie with these guys yet. Mm-hmm. I think in that movie is where you finally redeem the character and you show the more her- her, like show him be trying to be more of a hero, even though still dealing in those gray areas that they're going to put him in. Yeah. Well, look, I, I just think that they treated Walker in this final episode, like he was completely absolved of what he did. Right. Um, and that that fight with Bucky and Sam in the in that warehouse or wherever it was, completely forgotten. I mean, forget about that. This guy literally tried to kill both of you, right? Let's for, just forget about it. Who cares? And now he's an unsanctioned vigilante wearing the, the that faux Captain America mask and suit. And I like that. I like that choice though. Which is I which do, is I fine. Do like him seeing. But he, he yeah. suddenly appears in New York to avenge 
his his friend, and everyone is okay with this. Come on, I I don't know. I don't know. Didn't he get unceremoniously discharged in the previous episode? Right. Uh, I think I think it was not dis not dishonorable. No, 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 just unceremoniously. Yeah. I know it wasn't yeah. dishonorably. Well, he yeah he well he walked out of that that hearing room. Yeah. He was like I've had it enough. It's like you created me, and I think that you know that was a very par- powerful statement for him. And he now he's finding his own way, kind of just like how Sharon, you know, who's been left behind by this by by the government, um, and kind of turned their back on her, and she was created by it. So I think those par- there's parallels there between those two characters yeah. and it'll be interesting to see if they actually interact with each other. So, so but I, I feel like, I feel like Walker is, I don't know. Cause in the comics, you were never meant to like Walker in the first place, you know? So I think like they were just trying to bring that over. Mm-hmm. Um, but well, one thing is liking, say, one I, thing is liking the character. And another thing is being invested in his story. Right. And I think I, don't know, I would say I'm invested. I'm, I'm invested in his story. I want to see what happens next. Yeah, and that, that's 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 agent. that's what I would wanted to get to. I think that even though this character is is very much lacking in in character development in this show, I'm still I'm still curious to see where this character goes. I'm 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 curious to know where he fits into the whole cinematic the real cinematic universe in a movie in a captain america movie i cuz i like i like the character um not because I, I i like what he stands for but i i i can appreciate what they're trying to do with the character even though they can Wyatt, Wyatt Russell was just way too brilliant oh that's that's the other <laughs> thing that that's the other thing Wyatt Russell did an incredible portrayal for this character and I I want to see more. I want to see more of this character. It's just in this show, I don't think I don't think it was correctly executed as far as story goes for him. Um, all right. So uh, let's let's move on to Zemo. This different Zemo from and, and we already talked about this. You, you don't you don't feel like he's different at all. Uh, I I completely see this as a completely different character from what we saw previously in the movies. And I, I wanted to talk to you about something that we didn't get to talk to on the show. And we did talk about after in the behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And it's Zemo's mask. Okay. Zemo's mask appears inside a bag and then he puts it on. He kicks a guy 300 style <laughs> and, that's a good way to put it and then when he appears again he doesn't have the mask and the mask never makes another appearance and I was asking you as the uh, comics connoisseur what, what what was this whole mask thing about and you told me that it was fan service and I said yes exactly it's fan service and you were asking me why why was I angry about this? I, I just want to have your take as to why did you okay, so watching it again, does it make sense for you to to, to for them to have his mask and then not appear ever again? I felt like it was definitely more of a moment of 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 fan service, like you said. Um, but I enjoyed it. I mean, like, listen, fans had been waiting since Civil War to see him put on the mask. 
Um, granted, they probably could have given them better motivation or like the mask has better, deeper meaning or whatever. Mm. But sometimes you just have to do it, right? Because that's something what the fans want. Just give it to them. Um, he didn't put on the mask again. I don't think it was a big deal. I don't. I honestly don't think it was a big deal. I mean, like, I think there are bigger qualms to have with other parts of the show. But, you know, I don't know where he could have put it on again. Maybe in that fight with, uh, you know, with Carly. But I think in a way he probably wanted her to see his face when he when she when he killed her, which was his intention at that point. Um, but yeah. All right, so so here's, here's. I think I think it's also he didn't want to. Uh, maybe he didn't want to get recognized. It's just by these bounty hunter. I don't know, but by these people who know. didn't even know who he was. Yeah, exactly. No, I I just I, I forgive it. I think I think it's allowed. Like there's been so many fan service moments in MCU. You know, like let's talk about the you know the the in Endgame. Right, there was that moment with all the the, the female superheroes. Did it make sense at that moment? Probably not, but it was a beautiful moment for for you know all all women fans and and fans of strong female characters to see them come together like that. Didn't make sense in the story. Didn't make sense in that moment. Like these are comic book movies. There should be moments like this where the fans are just happy to see you know things that they saw in the comics happen. Yeah, but at least all the women heroes getting together, they're fighting against something. They're in war. At some point, it's okay. How, how, it's okay at some point for them to we're just. All the, all the, we're all the male male heroes. Yeah, they were. They were fighting on the ground. But these these uh, these these girls, they they had all uh, flying suits, and they they all uh, met up at the same time, and they were just fighting the good fight, right? But this thing mask, this mask thing, just comes out of nowhere. It has nothing to do with the plot at all. It's not like he needs the mask to fight, right? And then it just yeah, doesn't appear. But... And I and I think I think my other issue with this whole mask thing is that for some weird reason, the costume department designed the Flag Smasher's mask in a very similar way with Zemo's mask. Okay, probably not the same color, but they were sort of similar. And then at some point, you start thinking, well, did Simo had anything to do with the Flag Smashers thinking? Mm. Or is he behind pulling all the strings? And then none of this pays off. We, we don't even know why the Flag Smashers wear this mask. So the 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 costume department must have at some point said, well, this guy has a mask as well, and he ha doesn't have the same symbol, and it's pretty similar, so we're just going to change the color? I, I don't know, man. I think I think just putting, putting on that mask for Zemo was ridiculous. It made no sense. It was confusing. And... Even if it's fan service, I remember one of one one of one of the examples you gave me for for fan service was an end game when when uh, Thor had the the uh, Mjolnir come back and it was just for Captain America to pick it up at the end. Fine, but like I told you back then, this was this was this was planted since Age of Ultron. Yeah. So it's something that we as fans have been looking for. Not only not only comic book fans, but movie fans, because it has been planted before, and it's a right. wonderful payoff. So, 
so because of that, I think movie fans and comic book fans, because comic book fans have been waiting for that moment since, you know, he barely lifted the hammer. Movie fans are still probably figuring out what the hell happened, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because they don't know what happens in the comics. But it's kind of like the same for Civil War, except movie fans may not have that connection yet, right? But when the moment that, that you know, Helmet Zemo was going to be announced to be the villain of Civil War, fans were anticipating for that mask to show up. And so I think it's one of those things where it's like, all right, that is a moment that may not have been built or even resonate with the movie fans. It was definitely there for the comic fans, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Who who have been waiting since, you know, was it five years? When did Civil War come out? 2015, 2016, whatever. Whenever it came out. Like that's that's what they've been waiting for. I didn't. I it was cool. I I like I said. I liked it. I think it's forgivable that it didn't have any deeper meaning to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see it more, and I hope I it does come back more. You know, because I'm sure they're gonna bring the character back later on. Um, but I do want to push back on your point of fan service for fan services because there are a lot. Actually, there are a lot of moments like that in the MCU where we look back now. It's like, oh, this is super cool. But then, like, at that moment, in that moment, in that scene, in that situation, it's like, does it make sense? Well, not really, but it's just, like, extremely cool that it happened, you know? Okay, like what? Like Captain America um, in, in the first Avenger, there was him. <laughs> I still look back at this and laugh. I'm like, oh, my God, you could have killed him. So he gets the shield, right? Mm-hmm. And then he 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 brings up, he's like, what do you think? Peggy raises her gun, shoots him, and then like he barely blocks it in time. It's like, what the hell would have happened if he didn't block it in time or if the shield didn't work, right? But we know the shield's gonna work because it's Captain America's shield. And we know that's gonna be his shield going forward. And so I think like those little things where it's like, okay, it's like more tongue in cheek. We're like, all right, we know what's gonna happen. It's excusable, but then like in universe, it's like, would you really have done that? And like, you know, there's I think I think if you look, it, you I think it's you could nitpick that throughout. There's a lot of movies that you can go back and look at. I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but I'm sure if you go back and watch, yeah, JC. But that moment, that's a story moment. If you if you th- if you think of that moment per se, that's a story moment. That's that's a moment for us to know that the shield will protect him. Uh, that it is bulletproof, um, and that also that she knows about this technology. So it's it's not something that has nothing to do with the plot. It's it's our introduction to that shield. So it it makes sense, even even though if it, 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 it it's something ridiculous, if you think of it saying, well, maybe she could have killed him, it's still a story point within the plot. The mask for Zemo does nothing at all for the story. It's <laughs> like just... I said, I, I don't think the moment's for you, you know, per se. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, moment, I know. I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I think at this point I'm just busting your balls because. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, all right. Let's 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 move on from the mask. Um, I I really enjoyed in, in episode five when when Sam met up with with Isaiah again. Yeah, and they had that one-on-one, heart-to-heart. I think that was great. I, I, I really enjoyed that that episode. 
I, like, like I said, I think the character development that they were able to to do in that episode was great. Unfortunately, it was just the penultimate episode, which kind of sucks. It's it's basically what I what I would have loved to have seen during the entire show, and to just get this tiny snippet in just one episode kind of sucks. It kind of sucks. Um, so I get all the social issues uh, from the show. It's not lost on me. Um, and and Sam's monologue kind of is a, is a summary. It's like the thesis of the show, right? It's just the execution of it wasn't wasn't great uh, and he, he he delivered it great but in front of all these people that were supposed to maybe root against the GRC right he's telling it in front of these people who represent the GRC and these are people who we barely know these are people who suddenly appear in, in a boardroom and we we assume that they are the people who are making the choices we see this guy who who was there in episode one and uh, he was the one who made Captain America, the new Captain America. But we don't really know who he is. What does he stand for? I don't think you're for? supposed to know who he is. I, I don't think it matters you know who he is, especially on rewatch. Like He just represents your typical U.S. government guy who wants to screw things up. Right. That's, that's essentially what and the, he is. And that's right? not I mean, enough like, for me, I think. I, I don't think that's enough for me. I, I, because mm. when Sam you delivers more characterization for him, then would you well, rather not, be more villainous or no, no, I I'm just, curious. I just want to know what, what the entire organization, the GRC represents. If it's a, if it's a government offshoot, what, what, what does it represent? What are, what are their values? What do they stand for? And, 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 and I need that. I need that in order for that speech in particular to resonate with me because Sam could be talking to me and I get it. If he's talking to me, great. But he's talking to these guys who we barely know. He barely knows, apparently, right? He's only he's only been in contact with him in one scene in the whole show. So it's, it's uh, what is Sam's relationship with the GRC as well? We don't know. I don't. I don't think it, they need to have a relationship. I think it's just. I think it, what he's doing in that scene is, you have the senator and you have the GRC, which which represents power, right? Again, it's back to that traditional power structure, um, and they're the people who want the status quo. Hmm. But he is there to speak truth to power, and that's exactly what the point he was making with that speech, which is, who the hell is in the room with you making these decisions? Like, is it more people who are just like you? And and I think that. Well, re that resonates with a lot of people yeah. because it's like, yeah, it's a lot of times the government feels like they're making decisions that are not necessarily helping the everyday person. It's to help, you know, the people who are donating to them. It's the people who are who are uh, or trying to prop themselves up, and keep themselves in power. Hmm. Um, and and so I think like I, I don't know, and I guess it would have been good to get one more scene to like kind of better understand them but i don't think you needed to know that senator as an individual just that he represents power like mm -hmm. he represents this this intergovernmental organization that wants to bring back how to, to to the way things work and he thinks he's doing the right thing 
You know, he's not yeah. necessarily villainous. I, I, he may be kind of like shady because he didn't tell Sam that he was going to create another Captain America. Mm-hmm. But like at the at the same time, he was trying to do what he felt was right, which government officials oftentimes, you know, feel like they are doing what they think is right. I mean, not all of them. Some of them are terrible people, but some people do mean well. It's just that they are not doing it the right way because they're not informed by the people they're trying to help. Um, so I think that scene, you know, I think it goes a little, I mean, it, it, that's, it's more meta than like just him t- telling those senator scenes, right? Uh, because it's essentially voicing, giving voice to what so many people want to be able to tell, tell the people in power. Like, you need to be helping us. You need to be thinking for us, not thinking about what is going to be helping yourselves. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And and and, 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 my, and, and and him saying like you don't understand, you know, like that that was the moment I was like, all right, you know, old white man's about to get schooled right now because it's like uh, you know, he he's his his point when he says you don't understand, he's saying he he is giving that cop out answer that so many have used before in order to justify doing not so great things, which is you don't understand the complexities, you don't understand these problems. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what we do, people are going to hate us for it, right? That's yeah. kind of like what he's implying there. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, what the hell do you mean? Like, by me being here, people hate me just by wearing this costume and being Captain America. Uh, of course, I understand what that feels like. But all I can do is to use what I've got and use this opportunity to be Captain America and try to make things better, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think that's like, that is the thesis of the show, right? Yeah, of course. Um, but I think, yeah, it's like you said, I think it could have used a better narrative delivery. Like, I know it would be more cliche, but if you realize every single speech that Cap has given, Cap being Steve Rogers, uh, that he has given is more of a montage, like like kind of like a, you know, a voiceover with a montage is because of more meaning, more impact. I think like him standing there and lecturing all these people didn't have as much of an impact as it could have. Again, I'm not uh, I'm not advocating for 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 the show developing that particular senator. It's just a matter of the institution. I still don't know what they stand for. And that's that, I think that's my biggest issue because Sam's speech is great. Especially that last part where he asks him who is in who's in the room with you while you're making these these decisions. And that's that's great. But He's he's telling this speech to to at least for me to the nothing right, um, and that that's basically my issue. That's basically my issue. Um, so Bucky calls him Cap at the end, right? Yeah, he does. All right, so he's officially Cap. So he's yep. our new Cap. All right, I'm good. I'm happy. I'm happy with this. I think I think uh, within all the crap from the show, I think <laughs> the overall uh, takeaway is that Sam is Cap, and that's awesome. I like it. Yeah, I, I think like what the show did extremely well, and what it had to do was convince you that him, and no lingering doubt that Bucky maybe should have been Cap, but Sam Wilson should be Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I think the show did phenomenally in that regard um, in convincing you that, you know, he's been in a way he's been cap this whole time. He just had to come to grips of it. Right. Of, of, of taking on that mantle, mm-hmm. um, you know, being a black man living in America. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And, you know, seeing that journey, I think was, was like you said, it was the best part of the show, right? Seeing the, you know, dealing with the themes of, of, of racism, of social issues, that was the best part of the show. And I agree with you. And like, you know, they, they could have taken out the Sharon and power broker stuff and I would have perfectly been fine with it. If anything, I think it would have made it a better show. I agree. Um, yeah. But I think they had to do that because, you know, they have to put her in place for whatever stories they need to tell later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the show did what it needed to do. Like, did it, was it the best Marvel iteration? I don't think so. Um, but you know, it makes us want more, which is exactly what they need to do. Right. And it didn't make us say, Oh my God, I hate Sam Wilson. I'm never going to watch another movie, you know, with him as captain America. And it's like, no, you like, you're going to want to be, you know, on opening night, seeing what the heck is next for Bucky and, and Cap. which, which kind of takes me to, to, to the other section that I wanted to talk about is what they set up in, what, what did they set up here in, in Falcon and the Winter Soldier? So we have, we have, Bucky and Sam, who maybe uh, will be in the next Captain America movie, right? We have Walker, who probably will appear in the next Captain America. Uh, we have uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, who is kind of interesting because she's pretty mysterious. I like I like her sense of humor. Uh, and she's probably going to be there as well because she's now Walker's handler. And then we have Sharon, who I could care less about her. And But the most interesting part of it is Zemo. He's in jail. And you said that we haven't seen the last of him, right? Yeah. So um, I think him being put in the raft really like, <laughs> you know, it, it sets up more so than i ever thought before like they might do like more uh, a, a movie based on the thunderbolts comic series which is which what? is it's like a suicide squad uh version in the marvel universe okay and it's put together by zemo um which is interesting because i wonder how he's going to come to grips working with with super people you know even though he kind of hates them and wants to get rid of all of them i guess maybe he wants to use it as a means to an end i don't okay. know um but that is the exciting part. And I think with Sharon, they need to put her in a position to sell government secrets because I think it may tie into another comic series that they're going to do. It's already been announced called Armor Wars, um, which is about, you know, like different factions getting their hands on Stark tech. And then like, you know, Ooh. like literally there's a war. Okay. And I think like she might be the catalyst to that where, you know, she can through the government, she can have access to the war machine, you know, armor technology and all that. And she's able to sell that stuff off. Um, so hopefully that's where she goes, where they go with her, or they make her a squirrel. Like I said, and I think that'll completely explain some of the mischaracterization in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, that'll be a cool approach for them to go with where they want to infiltrate the government, which is the, you know, what they wanted to do in uh, secret invasion, um, which is coming up. So, those are all different possibilities that they can go with. And Walker can also be in Thunderbolts, perhaps. I don't know. But like, you know, it's the cool part is you can see these characters pop up in any other any upcoming project. And um Julia Lewis Dreyfus character, Dreyfus character, uh, she apparently is supposed to be in Black Widow. So oh, the really? funny thing is we were supposed to have yeah, we were supposed to have the her character introduction through Black Widow, which kind of makes sense if it's true. 
because her character felt kind of shoehorned in. And it's like, oh, what the heck did she come from? Right. In that episode, I would say that probably that would be the one weakest part. But because she's such a phenomenal actress, you know, you just want to see more of her. She made it. I think um, she made it work. I think I think it I think did. it worked. I think it worked. I think as far as a character introduction, it in it, episode five was late. I feel like. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but 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 as far as as a character introduction, because she's there, she's she's obviously there because she's going to appear somewhere else. It's super obvious. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, but the way that they introduce her is great. That that monologue yeah. that she has, the 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 thing with the with the card that says nothing, and uh, it's it's and, and the way she carries herself, she just gets in between Walker and 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 his wife. I I think I think that character introduction was great. I loved it. I loved it. I, I'm 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 very curious to see to see where that goes. Um. So 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 that armor wars would that would that involve Justin Hammer at all? Possibly. It would be very cool. They bring him back. That that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least we'd have Sam Rockwell in a better movie than Iron Man Two. Which. Yeah. Well, he was he was great in that in that what was that a one shot the Mandarin one shot um. But yeah, I, Sam Rockwell is is fantastic, and you know I'm sure they would love to bring him back. Oh, yeah, go ahead. One more, possibly, because I think they said that. Uh, did they announce this? I forgot. But I believe they announced a Wakanda show. Yes, is in development. Yes. right. It was in the trades. It wasn't an official Marvel announcement. Yes. Well, R- Ryan Coogler, his company, they they set up a deal with. With Disney to develop right. a Wakanda show, yes. So I think that's where Bucky might be able to show up next, or right. not next, but like down the road. Yeah, you know, because like he he's very tied into Wakanda now. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's he's I, I, there. I I I really cool. like that about his character. I yeah. like I like his ties to Wakanda. Uh, no, he's. Not, I don't think he's going to become the next Black Panther. People would have a lot yeah. of problems with a white man becoming Black <laughs> Panther. But uh, does he ever? But, uh, does he ever? Yeah. Uh, in in the comics, does he ever become Captain America? He does. Yeah. Okay. Um. It, it was weird because he becomes a Captain America who carries a gun. <laughs> huh. But after Civil War, he's he's the one who becomes Captain America when because in the comics, Steve Rogers gets shot. And he goes away until they bring him back, you know, as they do in the comics. And during that time, he is uh, he's Captain America. Okay. All right. Cool. 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 But I don't think that is in the cards for this character, unless unless maybe they kill off Sam or Sam decides to retire for whatever reason, and then Bucky, you know, decides to take on his mantle or something like that. Mm. You know. Um. But we'll see. But just oh, think- and then also also uh um. Uh, Sam's uh, military sidekick. What's his name again? Torres. Torres is actually the new Falcon in the comics. So I don't know if they're gonna go that route. Oh, so that's why he keeps the the wings. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a little Easter egg. Okay. So he may tinker with the wings or something, and then he decides to become Falcon. We don't know, but um, that's what they did in the comics. All right. And he kind of served that role, right? A little bit like to you know, kind of the. Robin to to Sam's Batman in this in this show. And that's another so character that I I would have liked to see more to have seen more. Uh, and he was just in what two episodes? That's it. Yeah, yeah. It was very charismatic. I like the I like the actor. Yeah. Okay, JC. Um, final thoughts 
on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Well, I'd like you to... So, out of 10, what do you give it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, know, you mean as the whole show? Yeah. The whole show. How about show? This? This, this, this? We'll play a little game. You guess what my rating is, and I'll guess what your rating is. All right. I Yours th- is... You want to go first? Yeah. I think your rating is seven. Okay. I think your rating is a zero. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would maybe a 4.5, something like that. Yeah. Out of 10. Yeah. Okay. I would say that on first watch, I would I would have ended the show on a 7.5. But binging through it again, and I, I highly recommend you do, if, you know, you got the time. Um, I would give it more. I think it bumps it up a point because those issues that you had of like, you know, plot threads not coming back until much later, it, it becomes very different when you're watching it. And it's like, oh, three hours later, it's like you're it's very fresh in your memory. You're like, OK, it's like the, the your your issues with the GRC and their motivations not being as like cohesive kind of goes away a little bit because like you can kind of see the arc of it much better when you're just like going boom 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 Mm -hmm. um which again goes back to maybe this would have been better as a movie like cut down some of the plot threads and make it into a movie but i don't know or just put all the episodes out at once uh, on netflix and i i know i know disney is probably not going to do that but i think this show would have benefited from from that i think so too um at first, I I might have disagreed with you because I I do like the weekly discussion mm-hmm. idea. Like people can talk about it. Yeah. My friends and I have you know really um, been able to use this to kind of like you know chat and like talk on a weekly basis um, and just kind of speculate what's next. So it's really fun. But um, that definitely WandaVision was a show that lended to that a yeah, lot more exactly. than yes. the show. Yeah, because a lot of times you might be guessing. It's like, oh, like, oh man, like you know, it didn't go that way. Of course, WandaVision had the whole Mephisto, you know. <laughs> well, WandaVision was a mystery show as well. It had that right. that uh, that what's coming up next kind of kind of vibe in, right. in every exactly. episode. Yep. Um, and you were trying to but, puzzle things together. This yeah. this show was more straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. So. I, I tell you one thing that I was really hoping to see that that didn't happen. Um. I wanted the Mandarin or, you know, played by Tony Leung to be the power broker. I so wanted him to show up in a post credit scene and that's who Sharon calls or something. And then like he, he picks up, Oh, that would have been amazing. But um, like I said, I, I mean, I thought that the weakest part of the show is definitely making sure in the power broker, which mm-hmm. was so predictable. Um, and I think it could have been played better, but other than that, you know, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was, it was awesome to to be able to get Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie and and see their chemistry and mm-hmm. you know like I said before I am more than willing to watch anything they're in you know they need to make a buddy cop comedy or something with them it would make so much freaking money <laughs> yeah they're good together I like them yeah um and yeah for me it it was all right uh, if you haven't seen the show I think binge watching would be the best way to go about it. Um, ultimately, aside from all the, uh, the, the, the relationship stuff and having Sam become Captain America, I think it was just a, just a nothing sandwich, unfortunately. 
Um, all right. So, uh, JC, where can people find you on the internet these days? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Jerry JC Chang. Um, you can hit me up there, and uh, we'll have a chance to uh, to talk some more for Loki, hopefully. Yes. But I'm pretty excited for that. All right. Cool. And you can find us on Twitter at Meter Review Pod. You can email us with questions, comments, or suggestions to mediareviewpod at gmail.com, or you can just leave a voicemail by calling 407-603-5847. Please don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the pod. JC, like you said, we're not done yet. We still have Loki to look forward to. That looks pretty awesome, crazy, things that I love. All right, so that's that's probably going to be super fun. And I'll see you back here again for that. Yes? Absolutely, man. As long as you want me on, I'll be here. All right. And to all our listeners out there, don't forget that he's not Black Falcon. He's Captain America. Asking you to stay safe and be kind to one another. But most importantly, don't forget to breathe. Till next time, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.